Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs. Katie Case Bailey, Realtor Extraordinaire. Something to show, something to list, something to sell. Call today at 601-408-9980. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shamlock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listening today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, presented by To The Top Talk. Here with your break from all the high-resource five propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Follow us on social media at To The Top Talk. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, fellas. Coming at you from uh, the Noog up here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, on a little family vacation, so... Found a little quiet spot in this hallway. I'm like 50 feet away from a lobby and 50 feet away from a Brazilian steakhouse. Um, so we'll see how this goes down. Have you seen Rock City yet? Mm-hmm. Love Rock City. You guys ever been up this way? It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. Rock City is the best, man. I could do without Ruby Falls. Honestly, did that. Uh, we, we came two years ago, did the Ruby. And, you know, I don't know. It just takes forever to get there, and you finally get there, and you're like, mm, I get it. Waterfall way up underground, you know, whatever. Um, but Rock City's great, man. Rock City's great. The zoo is cool. And um, Chattanooga's great, man. I, I love this place. If there's, you know, I, I, it's one of the few places I could see me living outside of Hattiesburg, I think. It's just neat. So really enjoying it. And so the Miss Black Ops tailgate, uh, we already did that one. And the Wizard of Whiskey himself, Shane Lott. I mean, if Bum wants to go again, he can. He, he, he's got a lot more to talk about than I do. I mean, I thought he was just giving away my name. You know, I was like, all right. I haven't been yeah. the best lately, but, uh, you yeah. know, I'd like to retain my, my yeah. name. The savant of spring sports. <laughs> my apologies, Mr. Hosey. I didn't mean to offend your delicate ears with uh, non-truths and falsities. If I have to end up doing Shane's part, then Thong Papat uh, is, is going to have a, a rough time. Thong Papat's one of the it, easier it. ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you would like to sponsor an episode of To The Top Talk, go to tothetoptalk.com. Click on the link that says sponsor an episode of To The Top Talk. $50 for one episode. So you want to sponsor it for your, your business, if you want to sponsor it for your social media handle, if you want to do it as a gift, happy birthday to somebody, um, you can do that as well. So go to tothetoptalk.com if you would like to to sponsor a single or multi-episodes of To The Top Talk. All right, so the big news this past weekend, Southern Miss headed to Troy, Alabama. I don't know how they got there to take on the Troy Trojans, not – uh, not the outing that we were hoping for this weekend, but uh, got to move on to the next one. Yeah, I don't know how many people. Uh, I mean, we were talking about it before the show. <clears throat> it's not, it, you know, it's not like you're never disappointed with a loss, right? But at some point, you have to look at this thing realistically. And having a, a true freshman starting quarterback, which, by the way, he looked great until that blindside hit. And then after that, looked a little different. Was probably a little banged up, was definitely a little shook. But um, 
yeah, I think we're all disappointed. But this meltdown on Twitter is, I don't, I don't know. The Southern Miss fandom is is unparalleled in, in every sense of the word, and uh, which is good. It's good to have passion, however misguided that passion might be, in my opinion. But um, yeah, disappointed after the game that we lost. But uh, Troy's really good, right? Troy, yeah, Troy's good, and they were opportunistic on the opportunities that presented themselves. That should be a T-shirt: opportunistic on the opportunities <laughs> that, that presented themselves. But you know, we were we were close right there at the half. It was a three-point game at the half. But if you look at the team stats statistically, Troy had every stat in their favor. I mean, time of possession. Start with that: thirty-four minutes to twenty-five minutes. Uh, turnovers, they had two, we had four. Penalties, they had four for 35, we had eight for 85. You go to total yards, we only had 205 yards in the game with 48 of those being on the ground. They had 38 uh, with 101 on the ground. So, uh, I mean, you look at it across the board, I mean, Troy um, really dominated the game, but they were able to to put up the lead that they did with that turnover margin. Yeah, absolutely. That's what killed us was turnovers. I mean, it's really hard to win a game when you're negative in the turnover margin and uh we we were definitely in the negative that's as long as the turnover margin was close the game was very close then when the margin got a little out of hand there after the third interception and the the fumble uh that's when the game you know kind of got kind of let it slip through our fingers yeah the um well there i thought there were two turning points in the game I mean, heck, we were, what was it, 17 to 10 in the fourth quarter? I mean, we were still kind of right there. Just never got that huge play that we saw versus Tulane. Really, I mean, a lot of the stats, we, we lost a lot of the stats in the Tulane game, too. We just had two or three humongously big plays. Um, some on special teams, some like on slants that went the distance, but didn't have any of this. But again, I, I, I instead of pointing the finger at our guys, I'm kind of tipping my hat to Troy right there. In some regard, I think you have to. Um, they were really good, but but the one big play we already talked about was the blindside hit to Wilkie. The other one was that defensive pass interference. I don't have it written down like when it was, but there's a defensive pass interference late in the first half um, on third and forever that I, I think was a ticky tack call, and it gave them it, it led to a touchdown uh, right there before halftime. And and um, do you guys remember that play? Uh, ish, ish. That on the first interception, there should have been a pass interference call on whoever was defending Brown Lee. Uh, the one that that your Brown Lee kind of caught and then lost as he was being flipped over, and the guy saved it off the turf. Uh, that should have been a pass interference flag. The guy had his arms around Brown Lee, pulling on him uh, before the ball got to him there. But look, we we didn't lose this game because of a couple of missed calls for sure. Uh, no. Does, no, not at all. But does it hurt? Sure, sure. It doesn't help when when things are snowballing in in the bad direction. But uh, you guys have said it too. Troy's defense is legitimately really good. Uh, I mean, they have a really good defense, one of the better defenses that we'll play this year, and uh, they kind of took it to us. Um, we did well when we were able to get some things going, but uh, when they got Wilkie out of rhythm and were knocking him around. Uh, they they kind of just had our way their way with us and uh, unfortunate but we lived to play another day. Yeah, I, th- I thought that our defense was pretty good. 
right? Probably above yeah. average. It did a lot of great things, and, just, and, and their defense just was just a notch above ours. So their offense was a little bit better, and their defense was a little bit better, and they won the damn game. I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> so that's just what happened. Well, their quarterback's a transfer that's got, you know, over 10,000 yards under his belt through his career, and we've got a true freshman. So, I mean, that's probably a big difference in the game right there. You know, I don't remember who used to call us this, but it's very fitting now. Salty-ass Southern Miss. I mean, this is a team that's going to win some games they're not supposed to. They're going to lose some games they're not supposed to. It's going to be a very volatile team, given our inexperience on offense. I think we've got the defense to compete with anybody in the conference, but offensively, probably going to be a little volatile this year, and that's, I guess, part of the fun of it. Um, Wilkie for the game, 19 for 35 for 157 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, also had a fumble as well. Uh, Frank Gore was the leading rusher with 15 carries for 67 yards. And then the the uh, the bright spot on offense, Jason Brownlee, 12 receptions for 105 yards and a touchdown. So, again, you know, Brownlee had quite the night, but other than that, we re- really couldn't get anything going. Defensively, uh, Dominic Quiwan, uh with two sacks, two tackles for a loss, and a, a pass deflected along with uh, also going with three solo tackles. So, um Dominic was in the backfield on those passing downs just about every time. And uh, uh, Mahaffey from uh, Jones also with a sack and one and a half tackles for a loss. Then you had, we had a couple of interceptions as well. Uh, Stanley and Cam Harrell uh, both had interceptions. So, like you said, solid night from the defense. Just um, couldn't get the – the offense just couldn't quite keep us in the game. Yeah, lots of defensive sparks. I think Santrell Latham just off the top of my head, I remember him making a bunch of plays. Malik Shorts is always all, all over the field. Um, it, it was uh, – boy, it just the whole night you just kind of had this feeling. You, uh, at least I – the way I looked at it, I was just waiting for one of those big plays. I was waiting, I was waiting, I was waiting. And as the game went on, I think even the defense, maybe towards the end, they probably got a little bit tired. Maybe they tried to make a play or two, just sitting there thinking to themselves, well, I guess I have to, right? The offense probably isn't going to get it done at this point. Um, but, but yeah, it just, it just, at the end of the night, if we would have won the game, I'm not sure I'm still sitting here saying we're the better team. I just think Troy's just better than we are right now, uh, from experience and from just, uh, from just, uh, skill. Really, um, mostly because of that experience, probably. But Troy is ahead of us in most phases of the game from the one game that I've seen, and um, and I think that's to to be expected when you're trying to beat a bunch of 22 year olds with 19 year olds. Well, you had, you know, not it would not necessarily make any excuses or anything, but yeah, Troy did the same thing to us last year. Their defense was 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 all over us. Um, you know, I think our offensive line is making progress, but I mean, you still got a true freshman out there on the end. Um, so it's going to be, there's going to be growing pains with this. Um, you know, last week, oh, two weeks ago against Tulane, Wilkie had a, had a great game. And then the week before that, um, it was, Keys looked like he had the better game. So it, it's going to be volatile this season. It's just what it is. Um, we definitely have a more favorable matchup to the air this week than we have the past uh, few games. So I have to feel good about that. But, yeah, disappointing night. Um, I did hear a lot of complaints from people that had to try to find where Troy was located. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not easy to get to Troy, Alabama from Hattiesburg. It's not easy to get to Auburn, Alabama from Hattiesburg. It's uh, Alabama's got 
substantially more people than the state of Mississippi. I don't understand why the highway system is such crap. Like <laughs> there needs to be roads that connect places. Uh, it can't just be like two roads in the whole state, Alabama. You know, Alabama's just got well, they well, they have three pretty sizable cities, whereas Mississippi we have kind of zero <laughs> sizable cities. Um, I, mean, I guess you can throw Jackson in there, but would you, I wouldn't consider Jackson a big city by any means. It's just Alabama's got plenty of small towns. It's just they have those three that just kind of bump that number up a pretty good bit. So, but yeah, no easy way to get to Troy. And I, I think the people that we know that went. Uh, found that out and got the hell out of there pretty quick. Um, you know, another thing to kind of touch on here, we, we, we didn't really give that many opportunities, um, to, to, uh, I mean, I'm looking at the running backs right now. Frank, Frank Gore had 15 carries. Janari Dean had one. Uh, Jay, Dejan Richard had one. Wilkie had eight. So, I mean, didn't really get it. I mean, but the run wasn't necessarily working for us, but we're really going to have to find a way to establish that run, I think, for us to be able to get the balance. We need to get the passing game going moving forward. Still had some sparks out of the running game. Just thinking back, I mean, Frank Gore had a couple decently, I mean, you know, like like not two or three yard runs. Like it seems like he had around eight, 10, 12, maybe a couple of those uh, in there. It's just the turnovers, I guess, you know, that, that probably played a big part with, with just ending drives ahead of schedule. Um, I don't know what's wrong with the superback. We ran one one superback play and it looked okay. Um, I, I don't know if that's just kind of going the way of uh, the dinosaur or if something if they're just running in practice is just no good anymore. I have no idea. Full. Well, I think that the teams that we've played are really good against the run. I yeah. mean, the past three games. I mean, you got Miami, Tulane. Uh, Troy, all really good against the run. And if you can't get the run going, you can't get the superback yeah. going because they really don't have to to worry about that that passing threat very often um i would imagine it's still something be something that we use we obviously used it and had some success with it against liberty but um it's 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 very tough against you know defenses like this where you know if you stop the run you pretty much stop the entire offense yeah i I guess it's just one of those things where and i'm not second guessing anybody i just we've all seen it do do well right um, we all feel like we have these this three-headed monster back there running back, maybe four or five-headed monster when you start throwing superbacks in there. And, and when you're having a game where you are struggling on offense, I think it's it's it's, it's you can't blame anyone for for wondering like you know why don't we try that right? Um, I mean that being said, we threw it. Maybe Jason Brownlee's one of the best receivers in the country. Definitely one of the best in, um, in in the Sun Belt, and we gave the ball to him a lot. Who knows? One of those times we gave it to him, maybe he pulls a, tw- a Quez Watkins and takes like an eight-yard slant to the house, you know. Um, but, look, we we have uh, said on this podcast before, like when the, when the season first started, that we thought we would be, be in most games, if not every game that we played this season. And we've done that so far. Um, we're coming up a little short offensively. I mean, everybody, even the most de- deranged fans, could probably at least agree with that. The, the defense was ahead of the offense. So um, I don't get the outrage. Uh, we were seven points down with like 11 minutes to go in the game against a team that was better than us in just about every sense of the game. So it was there. We just didn't have that one big play. I don't know where that whole thing started off, but that's where I ended up with it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, um, 
Go ahead, Shane. Uh, yeah, everybody hates to lose. It, it, nobody likes going out there and losing football games. There's a lot of football season left in front of this team, though. I'm looking at the schedule right now. The next four games in a row are all very winnable games. Arkansas State, Texas State, Louisiana, Georgia State. We could potentially be entering Coastal Carolina at 6-3 and three in you know, early November. So uh, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it, it's definitely a possibility with the way the schedule shakes out. So uh, pump the brakes. Uh, there's, there's plenty of time to panic later if it really just starts to snowball. But I don't see that happening. I mean, Troy's a legitimately solid team. And like Jamie said there, you know, they're just ahead of us, or, or Bombia said that. They're just uh, ahead of us at this point in time. That doesn't mean we're not going to catch up. Uh, but we all kind of expected this this season to hopefully be in contention for a bowl game. That's absolutely still on the table. Right. When we started, we expected to see uh, more serious improvements to where you're a contender next season. I still see absolutely no problem with that timeline. Uh, you know, I think it depends on what happens with the quarterback position and how it progresses, you know, but I, I think, you know, overall as a team, I think we're definitely going to be, you know, in good shape, not only as the season progresses, but, but next season as well. Let's take a quick look at the Sun Belt. You know, two of those teams that you just mentioned, um, had, had, one of them had a really strong weekend this past week. So Georgia State defeated Georgia Southern 41 to 33. This is all Sun Belt action. Uh, Texas State. Defeated App State 36 to 24. App State, which had come out kind of as the uh, one of the bell cows uh, over there in the East. Um, Coastal Carolina, who we also have coming up as well, defeated UL Monroe 28 to 21. That was a wild game. And then the new king of the Sun Belt in their first season of Division One football or FBS football, I should say, James Madison defeated Arkansas State 42 to 20. So. Solid, uh, solid w- week from most of the teams coming up on the, the the Southern Miss football schedule. Yeah, it's crazy that James Madison's as good as they are because they, I mean, even coming into the season, they lost their best linebacker transferred to Texas, and they lost a wide receiver to to another you know money school, uh, and they came out and are dominating in their first uh, FBS season. Good for them. I'm glad we don't play them. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. This year, man, but you know it's Sunbelt's weird. Um, and you mentioned the App State game; they were they were getting blown out for quite a while, right? I mean, they lost by a pretty good bit, but wasn't it like twenty nine to nothing or something like that? It, it was pretty yeah. ridiculous. I mean, yeah, nobody absolutely. Nobody saw that coming. Um, boy, this thing is wide open. You know, Scott Watkins tried to tell us about it last week on the pod, and um, I guess we're all kind of finding out. Um, what he's talking about because this every it, I don't know I don't know how to correctly predict any of these things I don't know how Vegas tries to do it um, you know I can't figure out us much less everybody else so it's wild man but but it's but it's interesting you know Conference USA was never that way it was never, it was never interesting we just tried to make up storylines <laughs> and um, but this thing is if if, if if you're a fan or you're not a fan um, it's there's upsets happening all the time there's like you said, uh, there's teams come straight coming into Division One and just whooping ass right off the bat. There's full stadiums most of the time. You look around. We got a Thursday night game. This league's cool. Um, I wish we were better at it right now, but the league is in great 
in, in a great spot, and I'm really glad that we're um, we're chosen to be a part of it. So it's cool. Well, this week is homecoming week here on the campus of the University of Southern Mississippi. So um, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that are going on this week. Of course, this Friday, October the 14th, Go Gold Friday. Alumni and fans are invited to share photos of their Gold Gold Friday participation across social media using the hashtag Go Gold Friday. There is the 24th annual alumni golf tournament, 8.30 a.m. at Hattiesburg Country Club. The Trail of Traditions, a legacy campus tour. I don't know what that's about, but if you want to do that, that's 2 p.m. at the Trent Lot Center. And then Friday night at Spirit Park, 6.30 p.m. at Spirit Station, uh, the homecoming edition of Friday night at Spirit Park. Then also at 6.30, the Alumni Hall of Fame Banquet. That is at 6.30 at the Thad Cochran Center Ballroom. Tickets are $50 and must be purchased in advance. None of us are, uh, none of us made the cut this year. So we'll be skipping out on that. I was Saturday. Deeply disappointed. Deeply disappointed and shocked and stunned. <laughs> Thought I was a shoe in. I, I mean, sh- I mean, what's the, what's the minimum GPA to get in? If it's over 2.0, I think we're okay. But mm, barely, <laughs> barely. I had to think about it. like a, like a two, three, I'm pretty sure. And I was probably had some fudging. <laughs> Yeah, it helped. It helped me having access to the uh, athletic department study hall. Um, <laughs> I just spent enough Saturday time there that eventually I just brought my GPA up. <laughs> they're like, you know what? You got to get out of here. Uh, Saturday, October fifteenth, um, Alumni Association is having an, their annual meeting at ten thirty a.m. at the Thad Cochran Center. The homecoming parade is going to be at one p.m. Um, you know, Hattiesburg and the Hattiesburg campus. Then at 3 p.m., Spirit Park Live featuring Adam Doliak. Adam Doliak back again for the for former Southern Miss uh, baseball player and country music star. He's going to be at Spirit Park at 3 p.m. Then at, um, what is it, 4 p.m., that's when we have Eagle Walk. So get out there and greet the team before they head in the stadium. The 4.30, the Pride of Mississippi Marching Band will perform to, to fans immediately following Eagle Walk. And then at 5:30, Spirit, Spirit Park closes to allow fans uh, time to head to the stadium. Six o'clock, Southern Miss taking on the Arkansas State Red Wolves. Uh, that game is going to take place at uh, obviously 6 p.m. It is on ESPN Plus. As of right now, let me double check this. As of when I was making these notes, the Golden Eagles. Uh, okay, currently the Golden Eagles are three and a half point favorites, so pretty much Vegas has it as a wash. Hat. We're we're it on a neutral site. So 6 p.m. Southern Miss, Arkansas State. Now Arkansas State's head coach is Butch Jones, the former head coach of the University of Tennessee. The last time we played them in 2017, when we had some of the, um, I know we talk about officiating, but. If you look at like the all-time worst officiated games in my lifetime, now there mm. were some that were worse prior to that, but that was mm. one of the the most poorly officiated games that uh, I've seen um, since I've been coherent um, from my, my early days as a Golden Eagle fan. That was the game where we did the jumping jack right behind the line. Yeah, and the yep. flag just dropped out of the that bucket. That was it. Yeah, yeah. No, it was thrown. It was thrown, and then it was laughed at after it was thrown. Yeah. And then Butch was seen after the game, like laughing it up with the with the officials, like on the way to the tunnel. I mean, just, yeah. and they and I think that that was when they were talking about him being replaced by John Gruden. Yeah. They had that. I, I, that I, had, whole, I had Tennessee fans calling me saying, "Hey, dude, 
That was bad. <laughs> you know, it was pretty bad. <laughs> it, was, it was. It was really bad. Um, it's one of those games that I, like I, I would like to see uh, Will Hall. <laughs> like, how, how mad would he have gotten in that situation? Like Jeff Bauer type mad, like throwing the visor. I don't know. Does Will, does Will Hall like rip off the tie at that point um, when stuff like that happens? I don't know what his good. He rips off the shirt and he rips off the shirt and then he like he like wrings the sweat out. Yeah, of it. because Bowers was throwing the visor, right? Well, that visor came yeah. even if he had it in his hand, and he was you know right up in a in a in a referee's face. Um, the visor had something to do with the whole tirade. So. And those headphones, too. He used to mm. love throwing the headphones, too. Very good point. Very good point. Hey, were the Red Wolves? They used to be something else, right? I just imagine. The Indians. The Indians. Okay. Yeah. Indians the, uh, the Red Wolves. The man. office. I remember. Uh, Go ahead, Shane. I didn't no, mean you're good. Uh, I was going to say the office manager for my sister company that I work for. I, every time uh, we're on a team's call and somehow I bring Southern Miss up. Uh, and she remembers that she went to Arkansas State back when they were the Indians, and she's always like, what are they now out there? <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the crazy thing. About, like, like, I used to work for UCA in the summers. I used to teach mascot camp, and oh, oh, one of the main places one of the main places they sent me was Arkansas State, and I, I really liked the campus there, but here's the thing. Uh, I don't know if it's still the case, but back then it was dry, so you had to drive to Memphis. <laughs> If you wanted any kind of beverage, which was like an hour or something drive. So, like, I can't imagine. Yikes. Surely things have changed in the past 20 years, I would, I would hope. Yeah, I, I that's, don't know. Uh, but. That's terrible, man. That, that's that's even worse than the whole hot beer thing up in Black Bear Land. Is that still the case? Can you buy cold beer in Oxford? Oh, I don't know. I, I think they, uh, I think they changed that. Okay. Dry college um, campus. Jones. It appears. Ap- college city. It appears. Go ahead, Shane. I didn't mean to cut Jonesboro you off. Jonesboro is in a dry county, but there are three dozen restaurants and clubs in town that serve alcohol, and membership is not generally required. Okay, cool. Uh, it's that would have been nice twenty years ago. <laughs> um. <laughs> Bunch of sober ass mascots. Roman the country. Oh man, well I was the only dude. I was the only mascot. It was all cheerleaders. So you know, you know they like to get they like to get crunk. So I might have never met you. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Um. So I mean, hey, good for them. But you know, to be fair, there's there's still a lot of places that haven't quite gotten to that, but they don't have colleges necessarily. So, anyways, so Butch Jones. Head coach of Arkansas State, as I mentioned, Southern Miss is a three and a half point favorite as of right now. You're looking at, at Arkansas State. Um, you know their last their last five games. You know what? Let's pull up the schedule here. They've played more than five. So Grambling, they defeated 58 to three. Ohio State, they got shellacked 45 to 12. Memphis beat them 44 to 32. Old Dominion beat them 29 to 26. They defeated Louisiana Monroe 45-28 to in this past weekend, uh, falling to James Madison by a final score of 42-20. So uh, it looks like most of their offensive production points-wise came in two games, the Grambling game and the Louisiana Monroe game. If you look at their stats, it appears they are very vulnerable uh, against the uh, – or most vulnerable against the pass. Total yards a game, they're giving up 372 uh, yards passing 252 and then yards rushing 120. 
So um, <laughs> points points per game, they're scoring 32.2. They're giving up 31.8. So if if the if the offense is, is going to light it up, this seems like it's a great week to start doing that. Especially through the air, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. Kind of boy, this week. I mean, and it's I'm not sure if it's so much like what they uh, are going to to try to do against us as as it is. You know, can we get Wilkie ready, right? Can we? I think we we all pretty much know that we have some deficiencies on the offensive line, mostly because of age. Uh, have some deficiencies at the quarterback spot because of injury and because of age. Again, good player, but is what it is. Uh, but we but we have crazy talent outside of that. Um, it's just blocking for a second uh, and getting those people the ball. Uh, in space, whether it be Gore, whether it be Brownlee, whether it be Caston, whether it be any of our tight ends, whether it be Janari Dean. I mean, we just, we got playmakers all over the place. Uh, Pittman. Um, but yeah, just getting those guys involved is, is, is just kind of crazy. But, but yeah, if we're going to get to Arkansas State, uh, I, I think that we're going to have to have more, um, passing yards than running yards, which normally happens. But get this. Here's a stat that I have from last game. We had more punting yardage, 230 total yards, than we did total offense, 205. So obviously we have to improve on that. And um, if we approach that number again, then we'll get beat. But um, but yeah, I think the key to this week is 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 getting Wilkie ready to to do what he can do. We saw him do it. We saw him do it in Miami. We saw him do it at, at Tulane. It's there. Um, but he was shook last game, and uh, you know I don't blame the guy. He got he got hit a lot. Uh, we saw Nick Mullins go through that, right? Um, so we've seen the good and we've seen the the bad, and I think the bad was mostly due to just being a kid, being brand new. So good learning experience. Um, use it as a as a teaching tool, and get out there this week and whoop some ass. Uh, fortunately for us, and I'm not saying Arkansas State's a bad team, but uh, they're not going to have the defense that Troy had. Uh, and Definitely. That's going to be a huge plus in our favor because, uh, I mean, three interceptions and a fumble, uh, that's not great. But you can't lay all that on Wilkie with the beating mm-hmm. he was taking all night. So uh, you saw in Tulane, no sacks, no turnovers. You get pressure on a young quarterback, you're probably going to get the ball uh, at some point. So, uh, you know, focus this week on protecting Wilkie, giving him a little bit of time and not making him scramble around for his life the whole time. And uh, we could have completely different results because we know our defense is going to show up and play. Uh, Our offense just has to give us a chance to win the game. So that's going to be this Saturday night, October the 15th at 6 p.m. Uh, it's on ESPN Plus, but come watch it with us in The Rock. It's going to be a great time. Uh, some other Southern Miss news to touch base on. Um, so Southern Miss versus Texas State, which takes place in a couple of weeks. Or actually, that's one week. Never mind. Um, Saturday, October 22nd at 4 p.m. will be the Texas State game on ESPN Plus. So they did announce the game time now. It will take place at 4 p.m. Um, also, the Southern Miss M Club, it's, there we're less than a month away until the 2022 M Club Hall of Fame banquet, 
That's on Friday, November 4th at 6 p.m. They have a uh, ticket link on their social media site. Again, Tori Bowie, Jeremy Bridges, uh, Ghana Dem- Demidova, Megan Hill, Pauline Love, Kelly McCarty, Todd McInnes, and honorary inductee John Thompson will be there as well. Shane, do you have a fall sports update? Fall sports. I can't give you an update on spring sports in the fall. <laughs> um, yes. I have a fall sports update specifically for Mr. Nathan Hosey. Uh, we'll start with volleyball, fall volleyball, that is. Um, <laughs> volleyball. Volleyball. <laughs> there he goes. Um, you know, before I, I get into this, I do want to want to put out there that I don't I don't recall it being this way in Conference USA. It may just be current Sunbelt rose-colored glasses, but uh, what Thursday evening, I guess it was, turned on ESPN Plus, watched uh, a couple sets of the volleyball game, flipped it over, watched the second half of the soccer match at Coastal Carolina. So not only football is getting better exposure, but uh, some of these fall sports, you can also turn on your ESPN Plus and catch some other Golden Eagle teams in action. Uh, that has been fun to do. So I had a buddy of mine from up the street over. Uh, my wife went over to his house. He came over to my house. Uh, <laughs> we traded folks to drink with, really. Uh, and he sat around and watched that volleyball match in the, uh, the second half of the soccer match with me. So slowly trying to recruit more Golden Eagle fans up here in North Carolina. Uh, all right. Uh, so now that that's uh, been said, Volleyball is first I want to talk about. Uh, ladies played at ULM Thursday the 6th and Friday the 7th. One Thursday in straight sets. Uh, the straight sets, however, uh, one of them was, was a pretty good blowout. But for the rest of the two nights that, that we played Louisiana Monroe, they were very, very close uh, scores. It was pretty nail-biting. Uh, but after the straight set victory on Thursday, the Lady Eagles took uh, the matches on Friday in four sets. Uh, dropped the third, but bounced back in the fourth to sweep the series. Uh, all but the second set on Thursday were super competitive matches, uh, as I was just saying. I mean, just uh, like 23-25 scores or 20-25 throughout it all, and it just back and forth, lead changes, ties. Uh, it was fun volleyball to watch. Uh, Lady Eagles have now won eight consecutive matches, over the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. Uh, side note, because I actually got to watch the matches instead of just reading a, a, a recap, sophomore we- Mia Wesley is an absolute animal out there. She was, you know, uh, making noise in Conference USA last year as, as a freshman. Got a little, little extra side music in there, yeah. Is that Mia Wesley's? She's got her own. That's her, that's her theme music, yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, she, uh, she had 15 kills and ace in a block on Thursday and then turn around 19 kills, five aces in a block on Friday. Uh, her numbers are, are just nuts and very glad that she's in the black and gold. You get a chance to tune in and watch some lady Eagle volleyball action do so. Uh, we've got several really good players, but, uh, Mia is a standout. You'll get that next opportunity at Texas State. This Friday the 14th and Saturday the 15th. Beach volleyball was actually in action. This uh, snuck up on me. I didn't know it was coming up, but they did have a uh, fall exhibition match uh, kind of tournament set up in Birmingham on the se- Friday the 7th and Saturday the 8th. 
ladies faced uh, LSU, who finished fifth in the country last year, and Georgia State, who won Conference USA. Uh, that may be a little confusing. Conference USA sponsored beach volleyball last year, and the Sun Belt didn't. But in the new Sun Belt, the Sun Belt is going to sponsor those sports. So it's now Sun Belt Beach Volleyball when it was Conference USA Beach Volleyball last year. Uh, but uh, Georgia State qualified for the national championship tournament. So uh, a couple of tough, tough teams to, to open up against. Really, since it was exhibitions, uh, they didn't report on a whole lot, uh, but got some good competition experience in, in the fall that will build upon next season. Those are the only exhibition matches that they've got on the schedule now. So I would anticipate to talk about beach volleyball again when it's time to talk about spring sports. Women's golf. Uh, last week when we recorded, they were at the Pat Lesser Harbottle Invitational in, at the Tacoma Country Club in Seattle. Uh, ladies ended up finishing tied for eighth out of 21 teams out there. Momika Ando, sh- <coughs> excuse me, shot a two under 70 in her final round to pace the Golden Eagles and finished tied for 14th. She saw 74-73-70 for a, a combined score of 219. Uh, Elena uh, Milik also shot a 1 over 73 to finish tied for 19th. She shot 74-73-73 over her three rounds. Lady Eagles started play today in the Lady Red Wolves Classic in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Uh, today is Monday the 10th as of recording. They'll wrap up play on Tuesday the 11th. Uh, as of this evening, uh, the first two rounds were complete in Jonesboro. Uh, they're not having drinks unless the country club has a license to provide them because you didn't go to the 7-Eleven and get some beer there. But uh, they sixth place, 16 teams. Low Eagle is uh, J.C. Fields, who's tied for 10th, shot a 71 in the first round, 70 in the second round. And then Elena is back in the mix there, also in the top 20, tied for 17th with a first-round score of 71, second-round score of 72. Uh, after they wrap up play on Tuesday the 11th in this tournament, they are off until they host the Judson at the Hattiesburg Country Club Monday the 31st through Tuesday, November the 1st. Uh, men's golf is at the Oregon State Invitational at the Tristing Tree Country Club in Corvallis, Oregon, currently. They will also wrap up play on Tuesday the 11th. As of recording time, since it's the uh, the West Coast, they're uh, running a little behind, whereas Arkansas, they had wrapped up golfing for the day. The gentlemen were tied for seventh out of 15 teams during play in the second round. Uh, low Eagles after round one were Cameron Clark and Ryan Dupuy at plus three each. Next up for the Golden Eagles after this tournament is the Little Rock Invitational in Little Rock, Arkansas, hosted by the University of Little Rock. That will be Monday the 17th and Tuesday the 18th. Soccer, I mentioned watching some of their match at Coastal Carolina uh, last week. They had a very tough second half in, in that match in Conway as Coastal Carolina scored four goals in the half and their freshman Julia Zeigenfuss had a hat trick for the Beach Chickens. Uh, luckily, uh, Alana Izquierdo did score in the 87th minute to avoid the shutout for the Lady Eagles. And then they will return home, or they did return home for a match against Troy on Sunday, the ninth that ended in a one-to-one draw. 
Blessing Kingsley got the goal for the Golden Eagles in the fifth minute in that game. And then Troy scored in the 48th minute to tie it up. And that's the way it ended. Uh, only one match this week for the ladies. Sunday the 16th at South Alabama. Uh, cross country, <coughs> no current results to uh, give you. But next up for them, Friday the 14th at the Crimson Classic in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Men's tennis, I still don't have an update uh, from the ITA All-American in Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma, that was scheduled to be played the first through the third. But this week, the Thursday the 13th through Sunday the 16th, the gentlemen are scheduled to be at the ITA Regionals in Tuscaloosa as well. And then the ladies' tennis team, also not current action, but will be at the ITA Regionals for the ladies in Baton Rouge this Thursday the 13th. And that will wrap up fall sports for the week. All right, for the fall. For the fall. All right, shout-outs. Jason, you have any shout-outs? I do have a few shout-outs. My first shout-out is kind of a controversial shout-out because I was getting into this this tiff with Twitter. Um, But I wanted to give a shout-out to um, our Hattiesburg American beat writer, David Eckert. I had a problem with – with with one of the uh, headlines that he put out on Twitter, putting a pic of, of of Wilkie with a headline that says, why is it so hard to find a quarterback? I think it's uncalled for. And I understand he probably didn't write the headline and whatever. It was a question from the mailbag and all that. I didn't like it, but I got no problems with Eck whatsoever. Seems like a fair dude. He's a good writer. I've read it. I'm glad we have a writer, and I'm glad we have somebody dedicated to that. But, you know, um, I just thought that at least I needed to acknowledge that after – all that's gone on for the past day with me and people that have a problem with my reaction to that headline. So I wanted to address that. Um, I want to give a shout out to everybody that made the trip to Troy. Um, all you guys that put pictures out on social and, and text me from, from the stadium. Uh, it looked like a cool experience, a uh, neat stadium. I'm glad you guys made the trip, made the trip kind of jealous that I didn't, even though in a losing effort, I want to give a shout out to uh, our good friend Basher and our, our good friend Paul Appion, which I'm still not positive I say that name right. Paul lives here and Basher's got uh, he lives here in Chattanooga, um, and Basher has family that owns these uh, decaffeinated coffee shops. Um, so uh, those guys have given me some tips for what to do while we're here. So I wanted to shout out to them. And lastly, I wanted to apologize if there's any background noise. Um, I am in a hotel lobby. People have been walking by the entire time with luggage and four-year-olds, and after they went and ate dinner places and they're using the bathroom. So um, anyway, I've been right here. And if there's any noise that came through, all apologies. Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> Shane, you have any shout-outs as well? Um no, I don't have any specific shout-outs this week. Keep it together, Eagle fans. It's going to be all right. Uh, I got to give a shout-out to my homie Matt Goff coming coming home for homecoming this wow. week. So looking forward to to seeing the POD this uh, this weekend. Um, and I think that's all the shout-outs that I the have. POD. Well. Uh, the POD. The the his nickname in his fraternity house was the Prince of Darkness because he could just like stay up late and just like. You know, so that was his nickname. Wow. Yeah, I'll have to get him to tell you the whole story, <laughs> and you you probably need somebody else to tell you the truth, really. Now, what all went down? I with thought that. maybe Goff bit the head off of a bat or something. That I wouldn't be a shock. It starts off good. I've with seen the him. Prince. 
then you add in of darkness. You're like, hey, oh. And then you're gonna I, need. I've seen him. <laughs> <laughs> if he did bite off the head off a bat, it wouldn't be a shocker because I have seen him absolutely lose his mind over an intramural field hockey game. So <laughs> you can see that. Get to that point, not really. No, I totally see that happening with Matt. So glad glad you're coming home this weekend, Matt. Um, thank you guys for listening to To The Top Talk, presented by To The Top Talk. If you want to buy a sponsorship, check us out at tothetoptalk.com. All right, guys, any final thoughts heading into the uh, homecoming game this weekend? Um, man, can't wait to be back. Uh, it's time to defend the rock, right? Um, we've bounced back this season before. It's time to bounce back again, right the ship. Get uh get more towards like Shane was talking about that that uh, bowl eligibility is still well within reach, so it's kind of got to happen this weekend, don't you think? I mean, this is a pretty big step towards getting bowl eligible. This this winning this game, where we're favored at home, um, needs to happen. Yeah, I I would call it a a absolute must win. But if if we want to achieve uh, bowl eligibility, this would definitely help. It's it, this is one of the teams that we need to be. Absolutely. Well, Shane, did you have anything you want to oh, mention yeah, in podcast. regards to your alcoholic yep. beverage of choice? <laughs> what's, your, what's your specialty? Uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it live. We're doing a Southern Miss uh, podcast. You, yeah, you heard of Southern Miss? Yeah. Yeah. Down in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I'm here on vacation. So. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yep. You got it. Oh, hey. Oh man, that wasn't as juicy as I hoped. Made it, it all the way to the end. I thought until there be some far. I stuff. was hoping that it. <laughs> I was hoping it was going to get just wild. I was going to be like, "Yeah, I remember that time." When <laughs> that, it would have been funny if you'd be like, "I remember that time y'all were playing the Volunteers and your guy tried to jump over the line <laughs> and block it." <laughs> would have been great. We got a little. <laughs> and now what? What is going on, Bump? They're coming to get me. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you are you illegally recording in a in a uh, red roof in lobby? Looks like it. Right. Well, oh, it's an ambulance. Okay. Well, it's better. It's better than blue lights. It's red right. lights. It's Katie, okay. Have you heard from Katie? And you've heard from Katie in the past hour. It's a fire truck. Okay. He's, also, have you heard from Katie in the past hours? Katie, all right. Do you smell smoke? <laughs> you smell Do smoke. Not. I also don't see my six-year-old. So, both good or bad things. I'm not positive. You know, off the off topic, like when. Me, my, me and my brother, uh, we went to see my mom. Like we were, I was, I was probably like seventh grade ish, and somehow we got our hands on like a packet of bottle rockets, and so we like shot them up into this hollow tree, <laughs> and like this smoke was just like billowing out of it, and the fire, all these fire trucks came, and like, uh, my mom had no idea we were responsible for that. So if uh. Hopefully there's no hollowed out trees there and or Jack doesn't have his hands on any bottle rockets. Good. I was just going to say me and a buddy around that same age uh, found an M80 in my uncle's room in my grandfather's basement. And I mean, we just thought it was a firecracker and we went and stuck it in a tree stump in the backyard. And when that thing went kaboom, uh, I'm pretty sure I shit my pants. Uh, (laughs) That. It was like a quarter stick of dynamite. It was a very large boom. It was enough to take that uh, tree stump out, 
And uh, that is not at all what we were expecting. So uh, I think the moral of our stories are just don't mess with fireworks. No, you're bad. Hey, hey, yeah. hey if, if we got another quick second, I have a very quick story about fireworks. Sure. Okay, let's hear so it. So growing up in uh, around Jackson at the reservoir, <clears throat> uh, so some buddies, uh, we used to go riding around the neighborhood when we got the ability to drive. So I guess we were 15, probably right at 15 years old. and uh, Or they were 15 and I was a little bit younger. So we would have bottle rockets in the back of my buddy's Chevy Silverado. And we would drive around na- our neighborhood shooting bottle rockets at people's houses that we knew. But people's houses, right? And they would come out and we'd shoot another one and speed off. Anyway, um, so this one time we're, we're driving and, and one of our friends is laying on the back of the uh, – uh, in, in the truck bed, flat on the back. Um, and a uh, a cop gets right behind us, right? Well, at that time, because we were shooting him out, out, out the, I mean, he was shooting him out of the back, we were shooting him out of the cab as well. Well, a cop gets right behind us, and we had already lit it. So we, we didn't know what to do. So it just went off like, you know, it was like he let it go, and it just all over the floorboard, right? <laughs> and so this dude, he's back just glued to the back of the uh, truck bed, and the, the, the lights go on. Um, and... As this cop, he's standing outside of the window. As my buddy is rolling down the window, smoke's just bellowing out, right? <laughs> the guy's like, what have y'all been doing? He's like, nothing. He's like, go home. Said, yes, sir. <laughs> but yeah, it was a funny moment. You know what? I, I don't know. Maybe I've told you this. You know what my first job was? Like ever? Yeah, Rapids on the Reservoir? Rapids on the freaking reservoir. Yeah. yeah. I was there. I was there before you did that. But yeah, that was basically my daycare. The kid. Does Wayne would drop me anymore? off. No, it's gone. No. Yeah, they, uh, my dad would give me a $5 bill and drop me off in the summer times on his way to work and say, see, he had five. <laughs> so, yeah. wow. So your dad gave you more than I was paid per hour. <laughs> <laughs> I think I made like three twenty-five an hour. Well, knocking I mean, it to down. To be fair, that was minimum wage in nineteen twenty-seven. So, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even it was it wasn't even minimum wage in in nineteen ninety-six. Whatever it was, seasonal it was pay. like they had like a seasonal had pay, seasonal right? pay. Yeah. So Rapids doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Waterland's been gone for a long. Are there no water parks in the Jackson area anymore? Nope. The the Collins Zoo maybe. You got the. the there's something in Collins, and then you got something in Philadelphia. Yeah, in Hattiesburg next year. Yeah, so that's going to be really cool. Serengeti uh, Springs. It's well, not going to be to that level. It's going to be. I mean, it's it's no Pep's Point, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, less chance that you come away with a brain-eating amoeba, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hey, so yeah, we went off the rails there, but hey, you guys come out this weekend, uh, homecoming weekend. Looks like the weather's going to be tremendous. It's going to be a great time. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Wait a minute. Shane, did you want to share any liquor before I... Yeah, well, I mean, look, it's <laughs> me and maybe Chad Dickens that cares. So we don't have to stop the show to talk about it. But uh, since we did, uh, I pulled out a couple of uh, Smooth Ambler Old Scout cast strength rye picks. Uh, a five-year-old and a six-year-old rye a cast strength that... 
a couple of groups in in the area. The, the North Carolina Bourbon Society picked the five year old, and my friends at Bull City Bourbon Club picked the six year old. And uh, I've I've been really into them lately, and uh, I wanted to try them side by side. So that's what I've been doing the whole time we've been talking. Talk. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done. The fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done. I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs, Florida State, or Tennessee. But I chose Southern Mississippi. And right here at home is where I'll always be. I could play for Alabama, USC, our Notre Dame You have lots Of things to offer But Southern Mississippi Puts you all to shame I could play For North Carolina Ohio State Or LSU You play a good Game of football But Southern Mississippi Is a whole lot better than you season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state